Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Arthritis at Home. My name is Ellen, and I'm the program's coordinator. Today, I'm joined by Cheryl Crow, an occupational therapist who has lived with rheumatoid arthritis for 19 years. In 2019, Cheryl started Arthritis Life to educate, empower, and inspire people with inflammatory arthritis. She's also created Room to Thrive course and other support programs to help people with rheumatic disease live full, vibrant, and meaningful lives. Cheryl, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Cheryl, you know, I would love to get into kind of your story. Um, could you share a little bit about yourself and how you're involved in rheumatology? We know that you're an occupational therapist. We know that you uh, live with rheumatoid arthritis for 19 years. So I initially went to occupational therapy school, actually not with an intention to work in rheumatology. Um, I had always wanted to be a special education teacher, and I was interested in working with children with developmental and physical disabilities. But when I was in occupational therapy school in um, 2010 to 2012, I ended up learning so much about how to manage my rheumatoid arthritis, which I had had for almost 10 years at the time. So I had never been referred to occupational therapy for my arthritis. Frankly, I didn't know occupational therapists could work with arthritis. Yeah. So um, now there's a lot of reasons for that. One of them being for the first six years after my diagnosis, I did go into a complete medicated remission, which means that I just had to take my meds and check my blood work every three months. And I was living my life 100% normally. I was playing soccer. I was swing dancing. I traveled the world. But then after those first six years, my condition, I did have my first really big flare up post-diagnosis. And I did have difficulty with everyday tasks. I even asked my rheumatologist about uh, telling, I told her that I couldn't turn the key in my car very easily. My thumb was hurting. And instead of referring me to occupational therapy, and she's wonderful, but this is her like one mistake. She just said, oh, well, we just need to just increase your medications. Like we, you're young. You don't want to have to use a gadget or, or an alternative device. And so that's actually something I really work currently against is I want to help or help promote the idea that it's not a depressing or bad thing to use an assistive device or a gadget. It can be fun and exciting and it doesn't, there it shouldn't be a stigma against it. So anyway, fast forward to, yeah, I, I initially, again, since I, even though I learned all this great stuff about arthritis in occupational therapy school, I thought, well, I don't really want to make my career all about arthritis because I'm worried about my own mental health, that I would be too stressed. Um, but then after a few years, I was participating in social media and I just kept seeing over and over again that patients were needing this information about daily living act uh, tips and tricks. They needed tips for performing basic activities from washing their hair without pain to cooking, to taking care of children and pets. And those are all in the domain of occupational therapy. So I, I started just sharing my little tips and tricks on my blog, and then it grew into a formal organization I started with, which is called Arthritis Life. <laughs> and I also have my own podcast, uh, the Arthritis Life podcast, where I share patient stories and kind of inspirational tidbits. So it's yeah. fun. Cheryl, no, you are such a well-known advocate in the field and you produce such high quality information that's, you know, truly usable, right? I think unless you live with a condition, it's almost silly to think like I need a gadget to open a jar, but it's completely not. And I, like you said, like the stigma around it, almost like a sense of shame, like I can't open a jar. Yes. There, 
there doesn't need to be. I Let's celebrate like the fact that we are, you know, keeping our joints healthy. Why, why wouldn't I use a gadget? I know. And I think that's a very, like in occupational therapy, we're very, very practical, right? Like the first question I would ask a client in occupational therapy, whether it's you know, a three-year-old with autism or a 20-year-old with, you know, arthritis would be, can you just walk me? Well, I wouldn't ask the three-year-old, but I'd ask the parent too. you know, walk me through a day in your life, you know, what's going well and what's not going well. And can we, for the things that aren't going well, can we either remediate the underlying issue, make your arthritis better, make your muscles stronger, you know, give yourself some pain relief tools, or can we work around it? Can we use the gadget, the assistive device? Can you use a mobility device to cut down on fatigue? You know, and it's just very much like, I don't feel a stigma. Now, now I do want to, I do want to validate people's emotions who might feel, especially I think the younger you are, there is the sense of, I don't want to quote unquote, have to use a quote unquote, old person type gadget. Cause it makes them feel like it's taking away from their youth you know, which I, again, validate, but there's a way to like, from a cognitive behavior therapy standpoint, like reframe that to say, like, I love myself. I have self-compassion and I deserve to, to not to, to have less pain and to have better function in daily life. And if that means using a tool, I can reframe my relationship with that. So well said, like it, it truly is, you know, working, you know, having, changing the dialogue around us, but also changing the dialogue with yourself. Right. You, you yes. do need to work on the dialogue in which you speak with yourself if you live with laboratory arthritis. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. Cheryl, as such, you know, a passionate advocate and someone who works as a healthcare professional as well. Right. That's how you're able to see the gap. And that's why you've had such an amazing journey to where you are. What's your favorite part of the role? Can I ask? Yeah, I think it's honestly, if you mentioned the mental part, it's helping someone feel less alone, getting that feedback that because of what I have either taught them directly in a support group or because of a piece of content that I just put out there on TikTok, you know, um, that they said, wow, I thought I was the only one or um, I thought I was doing it wrong. And now I see, you know, um, I see things differently. And I think there's this really great quote, I'm trying to remember who said it, but the true voyage of discovery is not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes, like meaning like, you know, it's changing your mindset, changing your perspective, um, opening, you know, so I, my little tagline internally for arthritis life is come for the life hacks, stay for the emotional support, because I do think it's easier to hook people's interest with the life hacks. And again, the little changes you make throughout the day, like using a jar opener or compression gloves can absolutely add up to big gains in your pain management and fatigue management. But really at the end of the day, what I am most passionate about talking about is that self-compassion, mindfulness, loving yourself with your with a disability and not presuming this kind of ableist mindset that I have to cure or heal my arthritis before I can live a full and meaningful life. And that kind of shift away from the mindset of healing and curing. Not that those are wrong, but that's not going to happen for most people. Like just from a very practical standpoint, you're not going to completely, there is no cure. What a beautiful, you know, way of conceptualizing and, you know, really owning, like, like, like owning the, it's not just like, I accept my condition, I accept who I am. It's like, I'm 
owning it. There's like this ownership that like that really comes through in what you're saying. And I, I completely agree. Uh, Cheryl, can I ask, you know, personally, what are your favorite gadgets, hacks, tricks, tips? Like what, what do you use on a daily? Yeah. What's so funny is I love this question. And I always, my first thing I do is I give kind of an annoying answer, which is that the best life hack, even though I spend most of my time talking about the, the gadgets and gizmos, the best life hack is learning how to protect your joints in your daily activities. Cause that's, you always have your body and your brain with you. So that I'm a huge fan of the gadgets. I'm like a hoarder of arthritis gadgets. So I will talk about some of the ones I do use the most, but in general, what's really helpful is let's say learning that, oh, since I have my arthritis is most active in my hands, instead of carrying my purse with my fingers, what if I put my purse over my shoulder or on my elbow, or I distribute the force of my purse across two joints, two larger joints, rather than like I have a backpack purse, um, rather than holding the purse on just in one hand, you know, those tiny changes you make add up over time. But that said, yeah, on a daily basis, I do use compression gloves a lot, which help when they give a sensation of um, heat, they reduce swelling and they actually interfere with pain perception um, because um, they, in, in general, they give, they give a different kind of tactile input. So your brain kind of, it turns the volume down a little bit on the pain signal. Um, that's the theory for why it works. It also increases proprioceptive input, which is exciting because if you have um, a joint condition, sometimes your proprioception, which is your body awareness, or your brain's kind of map of where your body parts are in space, um, can get, get a little wacky. And that's why people with arthritis, like often like drop stuff or, you know, and their thought usually is, oh, I must be weak because I'm dropping things. But oftentimes it's actually the lack of body awareness, not uh, muscle weakness necessarily. So, so changing your, changing your understanding of all the possibilities in your daily activities, even my water bottle right now, I can lift it with my fingers. I can lift it from the bottom with one hand, which is easier on my fingers. I can lift it with two hands, which distributes the force. So that's like the joint protection principles. But in terms of the gadgets, other than the compression glove, I have, um, I just brought them upstairs to do a video earlier this morning, but I was going to show you, but there, I have alternate design scissors, which don't use your thumb. So scissors that you can operate like this. And I use scissors a lot. Like I open bags that are supposed to be opened with a Ziploc. I open them with scissors and then use like a chip clip or a bag clip instead of having to force open like a an opener for the container um i also use jar like electronic jar openers and then like a one touch electronic jar opener and i also use an under cabinet can or sorry electronic can opener and an under cabinet jar opener that works for all sizes you can take like a a jar of peanut butter or a jar of you know strawberry jam or a, a salad dressing and you lift it with both hands and you twist it and, and you, and it's, and it goes under your cabinet and it's not, it's not as hard on your joints as the kind of handheld openers. So those are some of the ones I also have a, um, a scalp massaging wet, dry brush where if my fingers are really sore, washing my hair can hurt. So putting the, the brush allows you to kind of um, use large muscle movements to to wash your hair. Plus it doubles as a scalp massager. So it feels good. <laughs> oh, it's so great to even know these things are out there. I think a, a lot of yeah. the 
the the issue is we don't make these things known. And in the case of of life hacks, some of these are so quote unquote basic in occupational therapy that it's important for providers to remember that no, like not everyone knows about them or feels comfortable or excited about using them. So yeah, I'm glad that you're excited about them. I do have electronically heated gloves too that have a little battery that you put in the gloves because I have Raynaud's too, and that really helps. What advice would you share with someone who's perhaps newly diagnosed with inflammatory arthritis? The most important thing I usually say is um, to take, give yourself some time to grieve and accept that this is what's happening. And then don't be afraid to ask for support or help. Um, it is not just quote unquote arthritis, you know, don't let anyone gaslight you into thinking that it's not a, a big deal. Or... And the other thing is, you know, to remember that, um, you know, this is an important development in your life, but it, it's not your whole life. Like you're still the same person, you know, um, and that, that you were before and your life would not have been perfect if you didn't have arthritis. I think that's a really important trap or a, a sad trap. A lot of people fall into is suddenly, you know, they kind of live with this grass is greener mentality of like, Oh, if I had, you know, just, if I didn't have this, then it would have, my life would have been different. Everyone's life has struggles. And, you know, my favorite coping um, strategy or or mental health framework is called ACT. It stands for acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's really a mindfulness and behavior change approach where you say, okay, the, connect to the present moment. Like this is what life, and acceptance doesn't necessarily mean you like it, but connecting to the present moment and accepting, meaning taking what's offered. Acceptance in, in the definition of ACT is taking what's offered. Like life is offering you inflammatory arthritis. You don't really have a choice, but you can actually receive it and take a moment to say, this is what's happening and to get yourself out of that denial cycle. Like, oh, I just need it. This is just a problem. I need to just fix it or solve it or make it go away. This is a chronic lifelong condition. But then the second step of acceptance and commitment therapy is not just the acceptance. Then you move on to what am I committed to? What can I still do and what's still possible in my life with arthritis. Now, you don't know when you first get diagnosed, are you gonna fall into the category, the majority of people who are able to live a somewhat quote unquote normal life, which I find that phrase problematic, but a lot of people, it's what's important to them. That's what they ask. They say, can I live a normal life with this? Um, majority can nowadays with the current medications and treatments. Not everyone but though. You don't the most important thing for a newly diagnosed person is to understand that uncertainty is fundamental to the nature of not only your chronic condition of inflammatory arthritis, it is the fundamental condition of life. There is uncertainty. No one can tell you for sure what is going to happen in five minutes, five hours, five years. You know, the, the exercise I recommend is think about what was, what your biggest worry was on March 1st, 2020, you know, what was on your mind? You, probably not the pandemic, depending on where you live. Right. But, um, you know, life throws us curveballs constantly. So don't, a lot of people, they, the lack of certainty causes anxiety and anxiety wants them to seek certainty and that certainty is ultimately an illusion. So the, the way that I find more helpful is to really confront the nature of uncertainty and know that, okay, I can gather data. I can know that statistically, most likely I will be able to do a lot of what I want to do in my life with rheumatoid arthritis or whatever the condition is. 
but there's still going to be this nagging background uncertainty. And I can learn to live with that and not let that rule my life or make me in a downward, a constant downward spiral. The way that you describe the real resources and programs is to help individuals live a full, vibrant and meaningful life, not normal. Yes, exactly. Meaningful. And I think we, we need to change the narrative around that too. What normal looks like and yeah yeah your life isn't worse or is your life isn't better if you're healthy and able-bodied than somebody who has a chronic condition I mean if when you say it like that most people would say oh yeah that's right your life is easier I would argue like if I didn't have rheumatoid arthritis I think many aspects of my life would be easier I'm not like under the illusion that it's like it's a hundred percent the same level of ease to exist in a chronically ill body versus not, but doesn't mean it's less valuable. And, and there are so many messages in society that are very, again, ableist or, you know, discriminatory against people with disabilities that um, they may not, they're very subtle, you know, things like, Oh, when I was pregnant, people would say so many times, Oh, as long as it's healthy, right. As long as it's healthy. And you're like, well, I don't know whether it's like, it's almost like people just assume that, healthy is like the default, right? Or they're recognizing that healthy is is going to make your, your life easier to have a, a health, quote unquote healthy child. But it's also like, so not everyone's healthy. And if you take that to the logical extreme, like you, what your life is over if you're not perfectly healthy or that's kind of a slippery slope towards like eugenics, you know, that it can happen really fast. But um, so, you know, there's, all sorts of pressures to kind of, you know, or the, the, the natural is better narrative, this idea that, you know, needing medication sometimes somehow means that you're, you know, weaker, that you fail to do things naturally. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like kind of sinister underlying messages out there, but the more that you can confront your own internalized ableism, a lot of people have internalized ableism, right? They're worried. I am less than I've always seen people with health conditions as less than that's how I was raised. And then now I'm in that category. I never thought I would be part of, you know, disability is the category that anyone can be part of at any time. It's really difficult to have these conversations sometimes with somebody who perhaps doesn't live with inflammatory and doesn't, hasn't, you know, truly gone through all of the phases of self-discovery and, you know, owning who you are, working on your relationship with yourself figuring out all these gadgets, figuring all these life hacks. So Cheryl, I do want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for being so open with us, so candid with us. And I really, really am so excited to apply what you've taught us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm honored that you're receptive. And I do think it's, it's a very, the acceptance mindset, it's very paradoxical because at first you would, acceptance sounds like resigning yourself or giving up or saying that there's no hope, right? But I do want to just clarify, when I say acceptance, I mean present moment acceptance. This is what it is in the present. That doesn't preclude me from having hope for the future. I hope there is a cure, but um, and, and I know, but I'm going to make decisions in my life based on the data I have in the present okay. moment. There is a value in sitting with, because in rushing to solutions or rushing to, to sub- submerge our pain or to, to not feel the present moment, to distract ourselves. We are, it's like that, which you hold holds you. That's a phrase from a Tom Robbins novel. I do remember the source of that, but which is like, 
you're holding on to this idea that you can't tolerate the present. The present is too painful, but actually it can be empowering to learn that you can. So. You still have all the same problems you had that you used to have. You, they're just not as bothersome to you now because you accept that those problems are part of life rather than fighting against it. Once again, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time. And to all of our viewers, thank you for joining us. And if you want to hear more from Cheryl, like I do, please let us know. We are definitely going to link all of the books, resources, your website, podcast underneath this video. So please like, please share. And with that, thank you. Take care. And we'll see everyone next time. Bye. Bye.